Lady Susan by Jane Austen. Letter 24. Letter 24. From the same to the same, meaning from Mrs. Vernon to Lady de Courcy. Churchill. Little did I imagine, my dear mother, when I sent off my last letter, that the delightful perturbation of spirits I was in then in would undergo so speedy, so melancholy a reverse. I never can sufficiently regret that I wrote to you at all. Yet who could have foreseen what has happened? My dear mother, every hope which but two hours ago made me so happy is vanished. The quarrel between Lady Susan and Reginald is made up, and we are all as we were before. One point only is gained." Sir James Martin is dismissed. What are we now to look forward to? I am indeed disappointed. Reginald was all but gone. His horse was ordered and almost brought to the door. Who would not have felt safe? For half an hour I was in momentary expectation of his departure. After I had sent off my letter to you, I went to Mr. Vernon and sat with him in his room, talking over the whole matter. I then determined to look for Frederica, whom I had not seen since breakfast. I met her on the stairs and saw that she was crying. "'My dear aunt,' said she, "'he is going, Mr. de Courcy is going, and it is all my fault. I am afraid you will be angry, but indeed I had no idea it would end so.' "'My love,' replied I, "'do not think it necessary to apologize to me on that account. I shall feel myself under an obligation to anyone who is the means of sending my brother home, because,' recollecting myself, "'I know my father wants very much to see him. But what is that it that you have done to occasion all this?' She blushed deeply as she answered, I was so unhappy about Sir James that I could not help. I have done something very wrong, I know. But you have not an idea of the misery I have been in, and Mamma had ordered me never to speak to you or my uncle about it, and— You therefore spoke to my brother, to engage his interference, said I, wishing to save for the explanation. No, but I wrote to him. I did indeed. I got up this morning before it was light. I was two hours about it. And when my letter was done, I thought I should never should have the courage to give it. After breakfast, however, as I was going to my own room, I met him in the passage, and then as I knew that everything must depend on that moment, I forced myself to give it. He was so good as to take it immediately. I dared not look at him, and ran away directly. I was in such fright that I could hardly breathe. My dear aunt, you do not know how miserable I have been. Frederica, said I, you ought to have told me all your distresses. You would have found in me a friend always ready to assist you. Do you think that your uncle and I should not have espoused your cause as warmly as my brother? Indeed, I did not doubt your goodness, said she, colouring again. But I thought that Mr. de Courcy could do anything with my mother. But I was mistaken. They have had a dreadful quarrel about it, and he is going. Mamma will never forgive me, and I shall be worse off than ever. No, you shall not, replied I. In such a point as this, your mother's prohibition ought not to have prevented your speaking to me on the subject. She has no right to make you unhappy, and she shall not do it. Your applying, however, to Reginald can be productive only of good to all parties. I believe it is best as it is. Depend upon it that you shall not be made unhappy any longer. At that moment, how great was my astonishment at seeing Reginald come out of Lady Susan's dressing-room! My heart misgave me instantly. His confusion on seeing me was very evident. Frederica immediately disappeared. Are you going? said I. You will find Mr. Vernon in his own room. "'No, Catherine,' replied he, "'I am not going. "'Will you let me speak to you in a moment?' "'We went into my room. "'I find,' continued he, "'his confusion increasing as he spoke, 
that I have been acting with my usual foolish impetuosity. I have entirely misunderstood Lady Susan, and was on the point of leaving the house under a false impression of her conduct. There has been some very great mistake. We have all been mistaken, I fancy. Frederica does not know her mother. Lady Susan means nothing but her good, but Frederica will not make a friend of her. Lady Susan, therefore, does not always know what will make her daughter happy. Besides, I could not could have no right to interfere. Miss Vernon was mistaken in applying to me. In short, Catherine, everything has gone wrong, but it is now all happily settled. Lady Susan, I believe, wishes to speak to you about it, if you are at leisure. Certainly, replied I, deeply sighing at the recital of so lame a story. I made no remarks, however, for words would have been in vain. Reginald was glad to get away, and I went to Lady Susan, curious indeed to hear her account of it. "'Did I not tell you,' said she with a smile, "'that your brother would not leave us after all?' "'You did indeed,' replied I gravely. "'But I flattered myself that you would be mistaken.' "'I should not have hazarded such an opinion,' returned she, "'if it had not at that moment occurred to me "'that his resolution of going might be occasioned by a conversation "'in which we had been this morning engaged, "'and which had ended very much to his dissatisfaction "'from our not rightly understanding each other's meaning. "'This idea struck me at the moment.' and I instantly determined that an accidental dispute in which I might probably be as much to blame as himself should not deprive you of your brother. If you remember, I left the room almost immediately. I was resolved to lose no time in clearing up these mistakes as far as I could. The case was this. Frederica had set herself violently against marrying Sir James. "'And can your ladyship wonder that she should?' cried I with some warmth. "'Frederica has an excellent understanding, and Sir James has none. I am at least very far from regretting—' it my dear sister said she on the contrary i am grateful for so favourable a sign of my daughter's sense sir james is certainly under par his boyish manners make him appear the worse and had frederica possessed the penetration the abilities which i could have wished in my daughter or had i ever known her to possess so much as she does i should not have been anxious for the match it is odd that you alone should be ignorant of your daughter's sense frederica never does justice to herself her manners are shy and childish she is besides afraid of me. She scarcely loves me. During her poor father's life she was a spoilt child. The severity which it has since been necessary for me to show has entirely alienated her affection. Neither has she any of that brilliancy of intellect, that genius or vigour of mind, which will force itself forward. Say rather that she has been unfortunate in her education. Heaven knows, my dearest Mrs. Vernon, how fully I am aware of that— but I would wish to forget every circumstance that might throw blame on the memory of one, whose name is sacred with me. Here she pretended to cry. I was out of patience with her. But what, said I, was your ladyship going to tell me about your disagreement with my brother? It originated in an action of my daughter's, which equally marks her want of judgment, and the unfortunate dread of me, as I have been mentioning. She wrote to Mr. de Courcy. I know she did. You had forbidden her speaking to Mr. Vernon or me on the cause of her distress. "'What could she do, therefore, but apply to my brother?' "'Good God!' she exclaimed. "'What an opinion, must ha opinion you must have of me! "'Can you possibly suppose that I was aware of her unhappiness? "'That it was my object to make my own child miserable, "'and that I had forbidden her speaking to you on the subject, "'from a fear of your interrupting the diabolical scheme? "'Do you think me destitute of every honest, every natural feeling? "'Am I capable of consigning her to everlasting misery, "'whose welfare is my first earthly duty to promote? "'The idea is horrible.' What, then, was your intention when you insisted on her silence? Of what use, my dear sister, could any application to you, however the affair might stand? Why should I subject you to entreaties, which I refuse to attend to myself? Neither for your sake, for hers, nor for my own, could such a thing be desirable. 
Where my own resolution was taken, I could not wish for the interference, however friendly, of another person. I was mistaken, it is true, but I believed myself to be right. But what was this mistake to which your ladyship so often alludes? From whence arose so astonishing a misapprehension of your daughter's feelings? Did not you know that she disliked Sir James? I knew that he was not absolutely the man she would have chosen, but I was persuaded that her objections to him did not arise from any perception of his deficiency. You must not question me, however, my dear sister, too minutely on this point, continued she, taking me affectionately by the hand. I honestly own that there is something to conceal. Frederica makes me very unhappy. Her applying to Mr. de Courcy hurt me, particularly. What is it that you mean to infer, said I, by this appearance of mystery? If you think your daughter is at all attached to Reginald, her objecting to Sir James could not less deserve to be attended to than if the cause of her late objection, yeah, the cause of her objecting had been a consciousness of his folly. And why should your ladyship, at any rate, quarrel with my brother for an interference which you must know it was not in his nature to refuse when urged in such a manner? His disposition, you know, is warm, and he came to expostulate with me his compassion all alive for the ill-used girl this heroine in distress we misunderstood each other he believed me more to blame than i really was i considered his interference as less excusable than i now find it i have a real regard for him and was beyond expression mortified to find it as i thought so ill bestowed we were both warm and of course both to blame his resolution of leaving churchill is consistent with his general eagerness when i understood his intention however and at the same time began to think that we had perhaps been equally mistaken in each other's meaning I resolved to have an explanation before it was too late. For any member of your family, I must always feel a degree of affection, and I own it would be have sensibly hurt me if my acquaintance with Mr. Courcy had ended so gloomily. I have now only to say farther that, as I am convinced of Frederica's having a reasonable dislike to Sir James, I shall instantly inform him that he must give up all hope of her. I reproach myself for having ever, though so innocently, made her unhappy on that score. She shall have all the retribution in my power to make, if she values her own happiness as much as I do, if she judged wisely and command herself as she ought, she may now be easy. Excuse me, my dearest sister, for thus trespassing on your time, but I owed it to my own character, and after this explanation I trust I am in no danger of sinking in your opinion. I could have said not much indeed, but I left almost in silence. It was the greatest stretch of forbearance I could practice. I could not have stopped myself had I begun. Her assurance! Her deceit! but I will not allow myself to dwell on them. They will strike you sufficiently. My heart sickens within me. As soon as I was tolerably composed, I returned to the parlour. Sir James's carriage was at the door, and he, merry as usual, soon afterwards took his leave. How easily does her ladyship encourage or dismiss a lover? In spite of this release, Frederica still looks unhappy, still fearful, perhaps, of her mother's anger, and though dreading my brother's departure, jealous, it may be of his staying. I see how closely she observes him and Lady Susan. Poor girl, I have now no hope for her. There is not a chance of her affection being returned. He thinks very differently of her from what he used to do. He does her some justice, but his reconciliation with her mother precludes every dearer hope. Prepare, my dear madam, for the worst. The probability of their marrying is surely heightened. He is more securely hers than ever. When that wretched event takes place, Frederica must belong wholly to us. I am thankful that my last letter will precede this by so little, as every moment that you can be saved from feeling a joy which leads only to disappointment is of consequence. Yours ever, Catherine Vernon.
So letter 24 is another letter from Catherine to her mother, Lady de Courcy. And in this letter, we get more about this drama going on between Lady Susan and Reginald. So in her last letter, Catherine wrote to her mother that everything was better. Reginald and Lady Susan had a fight. Reginald was leaving Churchill and going home. And everything was wonderful and peachy keen. And Reginald was safe. And this next letter, which it seems to be written, that one was probably written in the morning. This one's now written in the afternoon of the same day, saying that, oops, I was wrong, and they have now made up. And we get the story of how he, how he and Lady Susan have made up. So what happens is that after she wrote her letter, the first letter that says, everything's great, Reginald's coming home, the world is good again. She then runs in to Frederica and Frederica is crying on the stairs and saying that she's so upset because Mr. DeCourcy is leaving and her mother's going to be so angry with her and everything's going to be so horrible. And this is when Catherine finds out what this fight between Reginald and Lady Susan had been about. Um, she finds out because... Um, Frederica tells her that Frederica had written her letter that we got to read a while back, a few letters back, um, letter 21, where Frederica had written to Reginald de Courcy and told him about how she didn't want to marry Sir James and like asked for help. And so now Catherine Vernon is learning about this letter, learning about how this happened, learning that Lady Susan had warned Frederica not to talk to her aunt and uncle about this situation and she tells Frederica oh you should have told me your mother had no right to tell to like tell you not to tell me these sorts of things and she says your mother's prohibition ought not to have prevented your speaking to me on the subject she has no right to make you unhappy um but she also tries to comfort her and say it's a good thing that Reginald's leaving because obviously she's very happy that Reginald is leaving and, but at that moment, Reginald comes out of his, of Lady Susan's dressing room because they're standing around talking in the hallway. And then he comes out of the dressing room and Frederica runs off. Um, and then he decides to talk to her and say that he's actually decided now that he's coming out of lady susan's private rooms that he has decided he is no longer planning to leave that lady susan has again convinced him of her innocence that everything is fine and that he is going to be staying he says that it's all been some sort of mistaken fancy and confusion and that it's just that Frederica was not open to her mother. And so Lady Susan didn't know how much Frederica didn't want this marriage to happen. You know, and she has explained it all away. And Lady Susan wants to talk to you and explain it to you herself. And then he goes off. So she goes into Lady Susan's dressing room to talk to her about the whole situation. At which point Lady Susan gives her side of the story again. And... I thought it was an interesting use of the word. She says, after Reginald has told her about this, which is a very unconvincing story, in my opinion. And um, Catherine very much agrees because she just says she's deeply sighing at the recital of so lame a story, which I thought was interesting that like lame 
I think of that as like an 80s word, like 1980s, just so lame, whatever. Um, to have that in the story used, I think, basically in that exact same way, like um, in the early 1800s or even like the 1790s. I'm not exactly sure when this was written, but I think pro- actually probably in possibly the 1790s or the early 1800s um, to see the word lame used like that just feels so modern. I think that's interesting that it was used that way so long ago. So I thought that was an interesting sentence. Um, but also very much the feeling that I get from the story that it, it doesn't make any sense at all. And she goes in and Lady Susan is obviously very proud of herself, smiling like, oh, did I, didn't I tell you he was going to stay? He's not going to go. And Catherine's basically like, yes, you did. But she's very unhappy about it. Um, and then Lady Susan goes on to tell her that basically she Frederica was against Sir James and she didn't know about it and basically her thing is that she thinks Frederica it was she thought her basic the way I read the sentence it goes on and on but basically what she says is I thought Frederica was so stupid that she'd like a stupid man like Sir James so I thought they were a match made in heaven because they're both so dumb and I did not realize that Frederica had anything more going on um, and Catherine kind of calls her out of, and it's saying, it's odd that you alone should be so ignorant of your daughter's sense. And Lady Susan replies that Frederica never does justice to herself. Her manners are shy and childish. She's besides afraid of me, and she scarcely loves me. So she's putting it all back on Frederica. Like, Frederica is the one to blame, that Lady Susan can't be held to blame for not understanding what her daughter wanted, because Frederica wouldn't tell her, because she's shy and scared of her. So my questions are, okay, well, why is she scared of you? That doesn't seem like a good thing between mom and child. Um, she doesn't, she's saying she doesn't have intellect or genius or vigor of mind that will force herself forward. So she's saying all these horrible things about her. But the one that really is that she scarcely loves me. Which is a really big thing to, for a parent to say of their own child that my child doesn't love me. And she puts that as a defect in Frederica, that Frederica is bad, is a bad child for not loving her mother. Where I'm looking at is like, well, what have you done to make your own child not love you? Because from what I have seen in my experience with children is their parents can F up quite a bit and do a lot of really horrible things. And they're, they still love them. And, you know, they still love their parents through a lot of really horrible things and abusive behaviors. So for your daughter to really not love you. My thought is you must have done something pretty bad for that to have happened. Um, and Lady Susan's explanation is basically that she was spoiled while her father was alive. And she's had to basically be the disciplinarian since then. And that's why Frederica hates her. And I thought it was interesting that she's saying that basically she doesn't have the brilliancy. She doesn't have this vigor of mind. And Catherine comes back with, um, well, maybe it's because she had an unfortunate education. And I think that this, it's interesting that even here, Lady Susan then puts the blame on her dead husband, saying that, how fully I am aware of that. So she agrees that she's had a bad education. But I would wish to forget every circumstance that might throw blame on the memory of one whose name is sacred with me. So her husband, she's throwing her husband under the bus here saying, well, yes, Frederica had such a bad education, but it was because my husband was such a bad father. I, I don't know what, I mean, she's definitely implying it's his fault. 
Um, and here's the thing. In this time period, that makes absolutely no sense. In that the mother really would be the one in charge of her child's education in a lot of ways. And we've also seen through the rest of this novel that it's very clear that Lady Susan was in charge in that marriage. She was the one leading the household. She was the one doing everything. So if Frederica really did have a bad education, that's because Lady Susan gave her a bad education, right? Like the fact that she's throwing her deceased husband under the bus and saying it's his fault she had a bad education, again, just shows what kind of person she is. And it's not great. And then she pretends to cry. And Catherine is not buying it at all. So she kind of cuts into the fake crying. She's like, okay, so what did you want to tell me, though? Like, we haven't gotten to the point yet. Um, and Lady Susan then is telling her that, you know, what happened is that she gave this letter. The reason that they had the fight between Lady Susan and Reginald was because of the letter that Frederica wrote to Mr. de Courcy. And Catherine's just like, well, yeah, I know she wrote the letter. She told me she wrote the letter. She did it because you told her she couldn't talk to us. And she was scared. And Lady Susan then acts all shocked and like, what must you think of me to be thinking that this could be true? Um, that it was my object to make my own child miserable. But she acts all um, scandalized that Catherine could say such a thing about her. But she actually also admits it. She's like, yes, I She's basically how scandal. What is it? Good God, what an opinion you must have of me. Can you possibly suppose that I was aware of her unhappiness, that it was my object to make my own child miserable, and that I've forbidden her speaking to you on that subject from fear of your interrupting, interrupting a, the diabolical scheme? So she's basically, she's admitting that she did say that Frederica couldn't talk to you. She's admitting that. She's just saying, but you think my motives were so that you wouldn't stop this horrible marriage and make her have an, and consigning her to everlasting misery? And Catherine's like, that I, the idea is horrible. What then was your intention when you insisted on her silence? And again, Lady Susan does not deny it and agrees that, that just says that what of use would it be to have her apply to you? However, the affair might stand. Why should I subject you to entreaties, which I refuse to attend my, to myself? So she here is admitting that she refused to listen to Frederica when she said she didn't want to marry Sir James. And she is, she made sure that Frederica wouldn't talk to her aunt and uncle about the situation. And she did it because it would be no use, not because she's trying to make Frederica miserable. Um, I think this is a very poor understanding. Um, it doesn't make, it's not a good lie. Uh, if this is the kind of thing she said to Reginald and he bought it, I am sort of losing respect for Reginald's um, intelligence. Um, but she's saying, but Lady Ka or Catherine breaks in with, okay, but what was the mistake that you're talking about? Um, how did you so, whence arose so astonishing a misapprehension of your daughter's feelings? So, what shocking what could have what could have made you so misunderstand your daughter um and she's just says well i knew that she was he wasn't who she really wanted but i thought that he her objections weren't because of any perception of his deficiency um you must not question me however my dear sister too minutely on the point so she's like running out like Catherine's asking her too many questions seeing through She's not used to people actually, like, trying to ask, like, understanding that she's lying to them. Um, so she's running out of, 
of ideas and that's why she's she like she realizes her lies are not working she kind of is running out of ideas and says oh you can't question don't question me too minutely on this point the thing you know the real thing is the real thing i'm trying to conceal here is that frederica makes me unhappy her applying to mr de Courcy hurt me um and then Catherine's like okay so why did that specifically hurt you are you saying that you're upset that she's she seems attached to Reginald. You don't want her to be attached to Reginald. Um, and she's like, if the reason she doesn't want to marry Sir James is just because she likes Reginald better, does that make it somehow worse than if she just didn't want to marry Sir James because she didn't like Sir James? Like, what are you trying to get at here? Um, and why should you be mad at my brother in any case for any of this situation? How did this make a fight with between you and Reginald? And Lady Susan kind of doesn't answer to the first part because um, I don't think there is a good answer there. But she just says to the next one that, you know, he came in, that his disposition is warm. He came in basically to yell at me about this, this heroine in distress of my own daughter. And I was mortified to find that this person that I had such a real regard for felt so and I thought I would have been so ill-bestowed my regard on him. And of course, we are both to blame. So she she is semi-taking blame here about the fight between her and Reginald, but she's but um, not fully because she's saying that they are kind of jointly to blame for it, which I don't think is true. But in any case, then she says, but because now I am convinced I've decided to send Sir James off, which is, I'm sure, what she told Reginald to help get him, you know, back on her side to win him over again. And then she very quickly then is, tries to get out of there. She, she's obviously not enjoying this conversation. So she just kind of ends herself saying that, ex, you know, ends her little thing very quickly saying, excuse me, my dear, dear sister, for this trespassing on your time. Um... But I owed it to my own character, and after this explanation, I trust I am in no danger of sinking in your opinion. And Catherine is kind of brutal here, because she says, I could have said, not much indeed. Which I take to mean, my opinion of you is already so low, there's nowhere really for you to fall, so... No, you couldn't have. And that was kind of her cut, which I thought was a good cut, but instead she just stayed silent and left. And she just walking on that her, she's so upset about what what lady susan said her assurance her deceit um her heart sickens within her the good thing about all of this is that sir james has left and she takes a moment here to say how easily her ladyship can encourage or dismiss a lover that she was very easily to keep reginald where she wanted him and send sir james off because she didn't want him around anymore and so that's what's happened. And in spite of all this, Frederica still looks unhappy, probably because she still is not assured that the whole Sir James situation is over with, which I think she's fair to be um, unsure that it's actually done. I think that is completely fair of her. But also because of probably watching Reginald still be sort of subject to her mother lady susan and still under her spell and that he is still as much in love with her as ever and is not coming around to 
Frederica's side of things. And so at this point, Catherine has given up all hope. She thinks that Reginald is going to marry Lady Susan. And her one big thing is that when that happens, they have to make sure to somehow basically get guardianship of Frederica because she doesn't trust Frederica to her mother, which, again, fair. I think we've seen very clearly that Lady Susan is not a good mother and should not be trusted with her own daughter. And so that's where we end with Catherine sort of giving up hope, thinking that Reginald now might be lost to Lady Susan because she has sort of... She's sort of won at this point. She can have Reginald if she... She has proven she can have Reginald if she wants him, that she can whap him around her little finger. The other thing I get from this letter, now it's not explicitly written this way, but the idea that they had an argument, Reginald and Lady Susan, and then she calls him to her private chamber and they chat for a little bit and then he comes out completely back on her side but unable to really articulate why. I'll be honest, in my opinion, something happened in that room. Something physical. Um, Lady Susan's not a virgin. And I'm not trying to say that just because she's not a virgin, that means she's a hoe. But the idea that, you know, she's obviously already, it's been implied pretty heavily throughout the novel that she was taking, that she had a number of lovers throughout her marriage, um, that she was not faithful to her husband. And then she had an affair with Lord Mannering, you know, before her husband was cold in the grave is also how this story sort of starts. So the idea that she might be having an affair with Reginald, I don't think is out of the question. Um, and so I kind of think that that's what's been happening of why they've grown close. I do think that there has been a physical relationship that is implied throughout these letters. Um, and part of why, you know, uh, Catherine is so worried would be that physical relationship kind of trapping Reginald into this relationship and into a possible marriage. And I think the fact that we see Reginald coming out of Lady Susan's private drawing or private dressing room um, is an indication that they are closer than an unmarried woman and man are supposed to be in this time period. Um, and that there is a possible physical relationship going on and that it was that physical relationship between the two of them that convinced Reginald to change his mind again. And so, and that makes sense to me of the fact that he comes out and he looks confused and he looks a l like, I picture him coming out a little um, discombobulated because his mind is still a little lust filled as he comes out and sees his sister. And that's why he is acting kind of strange and looks a little confused and doesn't really know what to say and says that he's no, he's been convinced to stay um, and he has such a very, has such a lame story that doesn't even make sense to his sister, is not able to give any sort of thing, any sort of information and quickly runs away. I think at the very least that they were making out, or at the very least they were making out in there. Um, possibly more than that, but in any case, he is sort of full of lustful emotion as he comes out and that's part of his confusion. That's how I read this scene anyway. Again, it's not explicit. It's just my personal interpretation of what's going on here. And my personal interpretation of how Lady Susan is so successful um, in charming all these men around her. That yes, she is charming and yes, she is a good conversationalist. And I think that's a huge part of it. But I also think with Reginald specifically and with some of these other men, it seems very clear that she is, you know, 
very assured of herself and her own body and her pleasure. And that's part of like that, you know, sort of modern thing to Lady Susan where she is very, where she has never been able to like put away her own desires for that sort of thing. And I don't think she'll start now. So that's how I read her relationship with Reginald right now is that they are having at least somewhat of an affair going on between them. And that is part of how she's keeping Reginald, you know, wrapped around her finger. And that's, that's how I read this scene. That's what I think is happening here. But in any case, the letter ends with Catherine not believing a word of this. Reginald having been brought back to be wrapped around Lady Susan's finger. Frederica in basically hysterics and very upset and not sure what's going to happen. And still scared about having to marry Sir James. And Catherine warning her mother to just be ready for the worst because she's worried that at this point there's no way to keep um lady susan from marrying reginald and it's gonna be awful and that's where we end with letter 24 next time we'll be back to letter 25 which should be interesting because it's another one from lady susan to mrs johnson which are always the most fun in my opinion so we'll get to hear what lady susan thinks about this whole situation and it should be an interesting take (laughs) See you back next time for letter 25.